Good afternoon. This is Dr. David, and I want to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. Hopefully, you are having a good week so far. It is Tuesday, May the 9th, 2023. It's around 4.30 p.m. I'm kind of ready to get off from work today. I'm sure you are, too. But anyway, I wanted to welcome you back. Um, and um, anyway, hopefully, hopefully you have done something based off my last podcast to create a boundary, a boundary that's going to free up time, energy, vitality, attitude, all those kind of things for you. And um, I really do believe that you'll be well served by creating some boundaries in your life. And, you know, that brings us you know, to the topic of today, which is uh, part two of the series that I'm doing on boundaries. As I mentioned yesterday, um, you know, um, I talked about, I introduced the topic of boundaries yesterday. Um, I talked about different types of boundaries that you can, com- um, that you can construct and create in your life that make it easier. Um, I also talked about some, some kind of recent events and things that have come up. Um, but I want to start today off. Um, and I actually, after I thought about it a little bit, I may actually extend this um, Boundaries podcast to three episodes. But just because boundaries encompass everything we do. Really, I mean, we are creatures. This planet is based off of boundaries, right? That's what makes me an individual and you an individual. Boundaries. I'm I'm a person separate from you, and you're a person separate from everybody else, right? Um, we're all separate and unique, although we're part of the same race, right? Um, well, we should be. <laughs> Looking at some of the recent events in the news, it makes you wonder if we're all part of the same race. But you know, I'd like to wager that we are. Um, we're part of the same species. Uh, we're human beings, uh, and you know, although I would say in a lot of ways we're evolving, um, which I kind of alluded to yesterday when I kind of brought up some of the things that I think about technology and AI and how it could be the destruction of ourselves, of our own doing. Um, but, you know, uh, I think that uh, I think that we're evolving as a species and I think that evolution probably requires us to create even more boundaries right so um also bear with me um i am kind of getting over a cough uh, that i've had Uh, i've been sneezing for the last five months and uh just like everybody else who has severe allergies there's always a balance or equilibrium between dealing with the symptoms and, and trying to lessen them uh and you know uh taking things like antihistamines which or riddled with kind of side effects and stuff, you know. So, you know, just kind of bear with me. Hopefully this cough and, and sneezing and all this kind of stuff is almost gone. But based on the weather recently, uh, <laughs> or, you know, for the past several months, actually, um, who knows. But just bear with me. So anyway, welcome back. And welcome back to the topic of boundaries. Um you know, and like I said, hopefully, if you don't get anything else out of this, um, I mentioned this yesterday, that you create some boundaries that that allow you to have more peace, right? That's what this really is all about. Um, even though, you know, I've kind of presented some different um, definitions of what boundaries are and the types of boundaries and what they do, and things like that. At the end of the day, what we all want is peace, right? We want peace, uh, serenity tranquility, calm, (laughs) all those things that allow us to keep living in a happy way. Uh, We want joy, right? Um, And, you know, one of the things that I, um, even though I've never done, uh, I may get a certification in addiction uh, counseling uh, soon. I haven't decided if I'm going to do that or not, but I may do that. But one of the things that I love about doing consulting work and forensic psychiatry and, and addiction psychiatry and actually, you know, seeing people with addictions and things like that. One of the things that I continue to grain, uh, get greater and greater appreciation for is the serenity prayer. And actually, um, I actually may, because I tend to 
things that are important to me, I tend to put up on my wall. So if you see pictures of my office, you know, you'll see you'll see pictures of my degrees and things like that, but you'll also see this big kind of placard that I have up that says be thankful, live simply, be kind, believe in yourself, never give up, use please and thank you, help others, cherish family and friends, do your best, listen with your heart, laugh often and love lots, right? That's that's in my office on one of the largest walls. And there's another one that I'm looking at right now that says life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. I think that the more things that you have like that in your environment that you see on a regular basis, the more those things seep into your consciousness, your subconsciousness, your unconsciousness, uh, your other than consciousness. And I think they just kind of permeate, right? I'd like to think, even though, you know, my parents weren't perfect, my childhood wasn't perfect, um, but there were a lot of great things about it. I think that one of the things that my family, my parents, my mom and my dad, certainly my grandparents instilled in me was the concept of values and principles and ethics, right? Doing the right thing. I think that's a big part of, of who I am and why I do what I do. There are a lot of things that I could do in life to make a lot more money than what I make now. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I'd be happy with those. But one of the great things about what I do do is I get to express values. And I, I get to help other people grow their values. Honestly, your values and your beliefs shape what you do, who you become, who you evolve into, and all those types of things. And, you know, if something is important to you, if something is a goal, put it up. Put it up on your bathroom mirror. Put it up in your bedroom. Uh, there are exercises that I have my clients to do in my office or outside my office where they create things. Things that help them get and reach their goals, attain their goals, attain their objectives. If you want something, you know, write something about it and put it up on the wall. One of the things that I really, really like about the serenity prayer is because it is about boundaries, right? And so I'll just kind of give you, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the serenity prayer, look it up. Get a book on the serenity prayer, honestly. But basically the serenity prayer is is this. God grant me the strength um, to change the things I can change, to accept the things that I can't change, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? So it, it basically creates boundaries. It's asking you to create boundaries and to separate things out. Separate things out into the things that you can control or change, the things that you just need to accept the way they are, and kind of to grow the muscle and the strength to differentiate the difference between those two, right? And, and you know, that's kind of the same thing with boundaries, you know? Um, boundaries express what's okay, what's not okay, what you'll tolerate, what you won't tolerate, what you accept, what you don't accept. Um, and it and it gives, it puts the ball back in someone else's court, right? Um you know, it, it reminds me of kind of one of the concepts that I learned in ethics and in philosophy, which is that of fair play, right? That's one of the basic principles in ethics. So, um, you know, uh, that's one of the things that I uh, majored in in college, um, you know, was philosophy in addition to psychology and biology. But I majored in philosophy, and that's really, really important. I'm a thinker. I've always been that way ever since I was a child. And I continue to be that way now, but one of the one of the one of the concepts uh, about fair play is just you know treating other people how you want to be treated. But in a lot of ways, in today's world, you have to show people how you want to be treated. Right? That kind of goes um, with um, and it actually is expressed kind of inversely to. One of the phrases that I love that I've heard Oprah Winfrey use uh, constantly, and I've also heard uh, Maya, Maya Angelou use, which is this concept here, believe when people show you who they are, believe them, right? And the key word is the word show, and the other word is believe, right? When people show you, now I'm not talking about what they say, I'm talking about what they do, but when you see people acting and behaving in a certain way, regardless of what they said, believe that's who they really are, right? They're showing you who they are. And it's up to you to respond to that and make 
choices and decisions. Conversely, uh, the same is true with boundaries. You know, when people show you who they are, that's an opportunity for you to create a boundary, right? A boundary that expresses who you are, right? So when people show you who they are, you oftentimes have to show them who you are, right? And, and, and ultimately what you believe in, what you value, right? Um, you know, an example of that is, you know, uh, and I think I, I talked about this in an earlier podcast, but, you know, as someone who's like, you know, kind of like a healer and a helper and someone who likes to see people improve and grow and move past their current um, set of challenges and obstacles. Uh, and I, I really, really take a, a pride and joy in doing that. And I love seeing people have insights and changing and things like that. But one of the things that I've noticed, and and, and also, um, as you probably heard during the episode that I did with Phoenix Soul about being empathic and about self-love and self-care is this. Sometimes you tend to attract people who need help all the time, right? And I know during certain parts of my life, I've had friends and I'm just, you know, now looking back on it, I didn't realize it maybe at the time, but now looking back on it, it's like, they wanted help and they sensed they could get it from me. And that's why we ended up becoming friends, close friends, or even best friends in a lot of cases. Um, and then in a lot of ways, now that I look back at it, I'm just like, well, how much in common did I have with that person? Other than the fact that I was somebody who could come to their rescue, right? But you know what? You learn from things like that. So I don't regret any of those experiences. But one of the things that I learned is that, um, you know, I tend to be a person that people come to for help professionally but also personally and one of the things that I had to learn to do when I noticed a pattern where people would come to me just when they needed help I had to create boundaries um and you know I talk about that in one of my podcasts where I would have someone I won't name who they are obviously but somebody who would only come to me when they had a problem that's the only time I would hear from that individual and finally uh, you know, I said, you know, I've got to do something. And it's, you know, like I said, a lot of people don't want to create boundaries because it's uncomfortable. You have to say and do things outside of your comfort zones in order to create boundaries, right? And you do that so you won't have to continue to go outside your comfort zones in the future, right? It, it's kind of like building a house. Once you build the house once, you don't have to redo it again. But until you build a house, you've got to constantly find shelter, right? So it's a strategy, uh, creating boundaries is a strategy so that you don't constantly have to find shelter around your values and beliefs, right? Um, that's just kind of another way of explaining it. But what I had to do with that person is just say, I had to, in my mind, I had to come up with a strategy and I had to say, okay, how is it? And this person is somebody who's dealt with a lot of trauma. And I know that, and I don't, you know, I believe what they expressed to me. But even though that person has experienced a lot of trauma, you know what? So have I. And I've got issues too. And I help people with their mental health issues and life problems and things like that for a living, right? People don't just come to me because they're just happy to talk about what's going on well in their life. That's not why people come to me. That's not why they leave the reviews that they leave about me. It's not the reason why they schedule appointments with me and refer their friends and relatives and coworkers and everything else. It, they come to me because I help them solve problems in an easy, practical way without medications, without prescription pills, without addiction, without any of that stuff, right? And I think I do a pretty good job of it. That's why people come to me, right? So with this particular individual, I knew that they came from a background of trauma. And I just said, well, you know what? I don't want to reinforce what that person's experienced in life. But at the same time, I can't allow this person to use me. That's some, one of the things that they learned from their trauma, how to use people. And I, you know, at the same time that I don't want to harm them, I have to teach them to respect me and my time. And so what I started to do is, is, is say, you know what? Hey, I'm sorry that this is going on. You know, I'll give you five minutes to kind of explain what's going on and I'll see what I can do to help you. And that's what I would do. I would give the person five minutes, right? There's some other things that I did too um, to kind of dissuade that kind of behavior. But, you know, I didn't want to reject the person. I didn't want to do harm. 
but at the same time, I had to create a boundary. And so the rule that I set up, and I can't remember if I specifically said that to them, but I gave them five minutes. And after five minutes, it was like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I've got something going on. I've got to return to. And I wasn't lying. I'm always busy. I guess that's one of the benefits of working a lot and always being busy is you always kind of have an excuse to get out of something. But you know, it's true. But in this case, I would give the person five minutes and that's it, right? Now, that didn't mean they could call me every day for five minutes. Uh, and they didn't do that. And if they had done that, then I would have had to set a new line in the sand or a new boundary, right? Because people will push your boundaries. They really will. Especially people who are, what, narcissistic, manipulative, needy, uh, harmed, uh, ill. They will. They may not mean to. Some of them know what they're doing. Other people don't. They don't see the pattern. Um, they can't see the pattern because they're stuck in it, right? Which is why they need help. But you can't, I can't give out my help for free. I just can't. I, I've got, you know, a lease to pay. I've student loans to pay, bills to pay. Um, other, I'm trying to buy a house, you know, all those other kind of things. And so I can't, I just, I, I wish I was in a position to give away some of my services for free. That would be a great place to be, but I'm just not there yet. Um, you know, but you know, you have to draw the line in the sand and you have to express self-care and self-love. You have to love yourself and care for yourself. And if you don't do that, nobody else will. But you know, that's one of the strategies that I use for dealing with that person. I didn't want to cause them any more harm or reject them in the ways that they had been rejected in the past. But at the same time, I had to put up a boundary, right? And that's, like I said, one of the main reasons why people don't want to create boundaries is because it causes you to be in situations where you have to go outside your comfort zones. You have to have some conversations or you have to do some things that are uncomfortable for you. Now, that's going to cause you to grow and improve and evolve and become stronger, more brave, more courageous as a person. But most people don't do that. You know, one of the things, um, and, and I can be idealistic in some ways, but one of the things that I kind of thought when I started my first practice, MLC of Greater Atlanta, in, in March of 2016, one of the first things that I thought was that, oh my God, you know, people will desire self-improvement and growth and evolution and help. Some of that's partially true, but I can tell you, the vast majority of people who seek out help with mental health, whether it's holistically at my office or, you know, at a psychiatrist's office uh, with prescription pills and things like that, it's usually a circumstance that forces that person to seek help, right? In other words, they're about to lose it. They're about to have a nervous breakdown. You could call it a mental breakdown, a nervous breakdown. You know, I don't know if I would clinically call some of those things, um, you know, psychotic breaks or things like that. Um, that's a clinical term. Um, but those people are at their end. The rope is at the end, right? They've run out of rope. They're exhausted. They're worn out. They're tired. They're overworked. They're emotionally overdrawn, right? I think that's probably the best way to, to say it. They're mentally or emotionally overdrawn, right? Their account is overdrawn. And now they're just swimming to sur survive. That's usually what brings people to my office and a psychiatrist's office and psychologist's office and therapist's office. It's not because they're like one day, oh, things are great. Why don't I improve even more? Now, I've had a couple of clients like that. But even with those clients who come to me saying that, they've had some underlying issues, um, immediate and far back in the distance that they also want to address. So usually when people ask for help, it's because they're in trouble. Most people don't show up at the courthouse to say hi to the judge when life is going great. They show up in court when something happens, when they get a ticket, when they get arrested, when they get pulled over, because they have to, they're in a legal situation. Most people don't show up at the courthouse to say, hi judge, uh, you know, Smith, thanks for doing a great job for our community. No, that's not when people show up in the court. And that's usually not when they show up for help. That's also, it's usually also not the case with boundaries. Usually when people create boundaries, it's because they've been forced into a corner by someone that requires them to create a boundary, right? Um, 
So, you know, just keep that in mind. Starting back where I left off last time, right? So last time we left off with um, boundaries and, and why we needed boundaries. One of the things that I said is personal boundaries are at the, are at the root of a fulfilled, balanced life. Without boundaries, people can quickly lose themselves in their work, relationships, family, obligations, or services to others, right? They can even wind up being exploited exploited, or taken advantage of by people who do not respect them, right? And that's another thing. I, that, uh, I love songs around respect, uh, and I love the, the song Respect. Um, I just, I think it's a great song that expresses something that we should all be doing is giving our respecting ourselves and respecting others. That's another thing that I think is lost. And I suppose I could, um, or I should do a whole podcast on values, right? I could do one on beliefs too, because beliefs and values are closely tied together. Your beliefs are based on what you value, right? And, if you don't value something, your beliefs probably reflect that. And if you do value something, your beliefs also probably respect that too, right? And I could, I'll do a, probably a whole podcast about that. But honestly, people today have lost values. Now, they still have strong beliefs, but are those beliefs based off of the values that I was taught? No. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of ways I could... I could name my values. Um, I was born in Chicago, so I was born in the Midwest. So people have heard of good old fashioned Midwestern values, right? Helping your neighbor, whatever. And and that's certainly what I experienced as a child, right? You could also say good old fashioned Southern values, right? Southern hospitality. Uh, I grew up in Arkansas. So, you know, when you combine kind of the Midwest of the Midwest values of Illinois and Chicago, um, or at least Chicago back then versus Chicago now, and the Southern hospitality and Southern values uh, and other things that go with living in the South, I might add, um, then that kind of explains who I am. But I'm a value-driven person. I believe in values, I believe in ethics, and I believe in principles. And I try to, I try to express those in how I act and behave. Now, am I perfect? No. But I try to express those. But one of the things that I think is missing today is I think a lot of generationally i think people just don't have any values or they have the wrong values and so many people their only value is possession that's their only value it's behind everything they do money 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 that's all not good living or hard work or integrity or altruism or helping others or beneficence um or fair play or civic duty, or charity, or any of that kind of stuff. People value one thing and one thing only. Money, prestige, power, um, and that's sad. And I, I think that's part of where we're losing our compass, right? I could do a whole podcast about that. And that's one of the reasons why people require more boundaries, because you have more and more people who don't have good values these days. I hate to say it, but it's true. A lot of people these days don't have any manners. They seem like they don't have any home training. A lot of them don't have any class. <laughs> and, you know, they just don't seem to have good values. It's all about me, myself, and I, and how much money can I get, and this and that, and, you know, bling, bling, bling. And that, that's sad. But anyway, let's let's go back to what we were talking about, though, right? So, um, you know, you don't want to be exploited or taken advantage of people uh, who do not respect you or your values, right? That's one of the reasons why you need boundaries. Boundaries are borders that help define what you're willing to say yes to and what you decide to say no to. They give you a sense of agency and sovereignty over your decisions, right? That's where I left off yesterday. Let me say a couple of things about that, right? There is a, I, I, I think there is a book by this title, I'm not sure you'd have to look it up on Amazon, but there is an art to saying no, right? I think there's a book called The Art of No or The Art of Saying No or The Power to Say No or something like that. Um, I think I have it at home or I think it's in my, my list of books to get. 
along with the other, a bunch of other books that I don't need to get right now until I read some of the ones I have. But there's a, there's a book, I believe, called The Power of No, right? People think of the power of yes, right? Yes is a, is a great word. It's a powerful word. But no is just as powerful or more powerful. Yes and no are opposite sides of the same coin. You can't separate them, right? When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. When you say no to something, you are saying yes to something else. Now, a lot of people don't want to see it that way, but it's absolutely true, right? Um, and there's a session that I do at my office called 100 Bucks, which is all about that, right? I also have another session, a specialty session that I offer at my office too about boundaries called Say Yes, Say No, right? But it's true. When you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else, right? An example of that is if you say no, if you say yes to having dinner with a friend uh, or a relative tonight from, you know, seven until let's say you have dinner for three hours until 10, you're saying no to every other invite that you might receive or, or whatever else you were planning on doing, right? Usually that's okay. If you say yes to going to dinner tonight, it's because that was more important than some of the other things. But, but if you commit to something that's from seven to 10 every week, that's a different story, right? Because you're giving up, let's see, three hours times whatever plus travel or whatever, three times four, that's 12 hours a month of your time that you're giving up. Right or that you you're committing to that you can't do for other things. So by saying yes to that commitment for three hours every week, for times four weeks, you're saying no to rest or chilling out or decompressing or spending time with somebody else. Right, and that's what this is all about. It's about controlling your commitments, but also controlling who you allow in and who you allow uh, who you don't allow in. Right who you keep out, right? And, you know, that's why there's so much power in the word no, right? And people don't want to say no. They don't because we grow up being taught to say yes, right? And that brings me back to what I mentioned yesterday about stranger danger, right? Because it's so important for a child to not put themselves in harm's way or allowed to be tricked into something that's going to put them in harm's way. We teach kids to say no, no to strangers or avoid them or, or whatever. But it's important because that sends a signal out that, hey, I'm not going to be the person that you mess with. I'm not going to go along with anything. You're setting up a boundary, right? Now, you could say maybe. <laughs> maybe is kind of the in-between world. That's where the coin is sitting straight up where yes and no are kind of showing at the same time. Maybe just kind of means... Well, maybe could mean, I'm not sure, but it could mean, well, I've, I've chosen yes, but I'm just not going to tell you that yet. Or I've chosen no, and I'm just not ready to express it, or I'm not strong enough to say no yet. To me, that's kind of what maybe means. Or maybe it means I need additional information before I say yes or say no, right? Maybe it's kind of like this in-between gray area, right? Let me read something else that I found about saying yes and saying no. Um, in order to create or enforce boundaries, right? Uh, and it's this. Like an internal compass, boundaries can all start with a gut feeling that tells you when you have the time or energy to devote to something versus when you need to say no. Good boundaries free you to live life on your terms, right? Um, but that's important. One of the other things that I would do too is... is I think that the, the process of creating boundaries should also cause you to do some accounting and take inventory of your time and your energy, right? If you notice a trend like, oh, I'm always worn out by Wednesday of the week. Well, that's not a good sign. If you're worn out by Wednesday, then you're not getting enough free time on the weekends or you're working too long of hours or something like that, right? You've got to make some changes. Uh, and if you're going to make those changes, you need data, right? Take a look at your time. Look at what time you, you wake up in the morning, what time you get started, what time you arrive at work, how much work you get done, how productive you are, how efficient you are, when you leave work, what you have time to do, um, you know, and then make some changes, but definitely create the data to make those changes, right? Um, 
And a lot of times what people do is they create these kind of illusions, right? And we talk about those in my office for people who are either too busy or too lazy, right? The people who are too busy, they think there's so much time available. They grossly overestimate how much time they have, right? Um, and even and in some cases, they may underestimate it, right? And they just kind of rush to do everything. But with people who are lazy, you know, it, the opposite may be true. They may not think they have enough time to do anything, so they just choose to sit everything out. Or they may feel like they have so much time, they can just sit around and waste time, right? You never know. It depends on the person's personality and how they view time. Um, and, you know, you should definitely, if you haven't done so already, check out the episode that I did about time. I spent an hour talking about time and time management and all the ways you look at time. But honestly, time is your greatest commodity. And if you don't have any boundaries set up for anything else, create some boundaries around time, right? That's your, your greatest asset. I could also say like your emotional state, that's equally important. But those two go together, right? Because what you spend your time doing is gonna determine your emotional state. You really can't separate those two. So you're really looking at the same thing, right? Time, time is where you change your psychological or emotional state, right? That's what you do it with. Time is, is the framework for doing that. And if you don't have the time, you can't change it. And that's one of the biggest reasons why people who come to my office or come to me to make changes can't do so is because they literally do not have the time. And if you don't have the time, then you have to make the time. But a lot of times those people aren't willing up to give the time up from something else in order to make time to do what they say that they want to do. Right. <laughs> that's kind of a word zoo. I get that. But it is true. And, and check out that episode that I do about time and time management. Honestly, if you don't have time to do something, that means you have to make time. In order to make time to do it, you have to lose time from something else or give up time from something else, right? Or delete time from something else. So that means you have to give up something. Most people don't want to give up anything. They want to gain something and not give up anything. You have to if you want to change. And that's the same thing is true with boundaries. With boundaries, you're going to have to give up your comfort zones. You're going to have to learn to say no to people who are manipulative and everything else. But you just need to identify those things, right? Those people are being manipulative in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, they may not even mean to be manipulative or they may not have an intent to manipulate, but they are, right? And that's just the nature of life and living, right? Let's talk about the difference between healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries, right? Appropriate boundaries and inappropriate boundaries, right? People with solid boundaries tend to have lower levels of stress and higher levels of self-esteem because they prioritize their own well-being, right? And that's an expression of self-love and self-care, right? Boundaries give you less stress, right? On the other hand, people without boundaries may inadvertently let others take advantage of them. And, you know, people do that all the time. That's how people get taken advantage of, right? Because they don't have any boundaries, right? They may lack self-confidence. They may lack a sense of purpose or a clear identity to guide them through life. Um, you know, and it may be the case that they have like kind of a martyr complex where they want to sacrifice themselves for some reason. And if that's the case, if that's something you do, then you need to schedule an appointment in my office so we can help you work through it, right? You don't want to be a martyr, right? You want to have some enjoyment in your life, right? Um, and in the in the end, honestly, it's going to cause you to be burned out, to be resent, resentful, to be angry, to be exhausted. And it's going to cause you to neglect some of the relationships that you really treasure, right? So you're really making a decision. I, when I, when I said earlier um, that saying yes to one thing means you're saying no to something else, I really meant that, right? And the exercise that we do in my office called 100 bucks uh, really helps my clients to understand that. But you only have 100 bucks to spend every day. If you want to talk about 100 bucks physical bucks monetarily or 100 bucks in terms of your energy or 100 bucks in terms of your attitude, a hundred bucks in terms of your time, whatever. You got a hundred bucks. You've got to determine how you spend it. And it helps if you actually account for it 
and understand and understand where it's going right now, right? People without boundaries or without appropriate or healthy boundaries can be easily persuaded into things that they don't want to do because they may be acting out of guilt or obligation rather than self-love, right? And, you know, that brings me, you know, to something else. Self-love is not an automatic thing. Self-love is a muscle that you grow. And a lot of people don't have that muscle. And they don't realize they don't have it either, right? I can identify it because I see it. It's so obvious to me because that's what I do for a living. But so many people do not love themselves, right? And they may seem to, but they don't. Even if they want to learn love themselves, they don't express it, right? And so part of what keeps people from creating boundaries is they truly don't love themselves and they don't care for themselves, right? That's part of what should bring you to, to create some boundaries, right? But a lot of times when I see people who don't have boundaries, they don't necessarily have self-love for one reason or another. And a lot of these people seem perfectly normal. They seem happy. They seem uh, well-adjusted. They seem productive. They seem successful, but they don't love themselves, right? Let's talk about some signs of healthy boundaries and some signs of unhealthy boundaries, right? People with healthy boundaries protect themselves from getting taken advantage of. Um, they protect themselves from being vulnerable to being used, right? They own their own time. They don't overcommit to other people, which you know leaves little time for themselves. They tend to have high self-esteem, high self-respect. Um, they prioritize their time for themselves um, and those kind of things. People who don't have healthy boundaries, they do get taken advantage of. They are vulnerable to being used. They tend to overcommit their time to others, um, leaving little time for, for them for self-love and self-care, they may or may not have self-esteem issues or an, an inner critic that's speaking to them that, that usually is out of guilt. That's one of the big reasons, I think, when you see people who are successful or highly productive or efficient, people who seem to be doing well, there is something they feel guilty about and they cannot move past that, right? Or there's some kind of trauma that they have. There's a, there's a session that I offer, a specialty session I offer in my uh, office called an inner, inner trauma or inner child trauma release session. And during that session, we get to the heart of some of those inner dialogues, some of those inner things that have been going on that run like programs in the background that don't allow you to grow and, and love yourself and care for yourself like you should, right? Some of it's out of guilt. Some of it's out of trauma, right? Uh, and, and until you fix it, it's going to keep running. That tape is going to keep running in your mind, right? Um, um, you know, another way of thinking about this too is you have to take responsibility for how much you take on, right? You can only handle so much. And a lot of people try to stretch that. They, they have like a Superman or Superwoman complex, right? A superhero complex. They want to prove to themselves how much they can take on. Well, here's something, um, a concept that I share with people who come to my office. And it's, it's this, and this is an honest belief. This is not a play on words or a pun. You can have whatever you want in life. The question is, what do you have to give up in order to get it? Like, let me say that one more time. You can have whatever you want or desire in life, period. The question is, what do you have to give up in order to get it, right? And, you know, that's also expressed in, in, in my specialty session, 100 bucks. You can have what you want. The question is, how do you get it? Or what do you have to give up to get it, right? Um, I had a client uh, at one point who, um, who, you know, was a drug dealer, uh, I believe. Uh, well, I know he was uh, in the past. He wasn't when he came to see me. But he was in the past and, you know, he ended up going to prison uh, a long, long time ago. And I mean, I mean, decades and decades ago. And I think when he got out of prison, he had about a million dollars in cash, right? Quite a bit of money for, you know, back then, going back 40, 50, 60 years. 
But you know, the thing about it is, is he had all that money, but the thing about it is what did it cost him? What cost him with his children? Uh, it cost him his mental health, right? Because being a drug dealer is not a low stress kind of thing. You have to be on guard all the time. You may have to kill. You may have to do this. You have to do that. I mean, it, it's a breeding ground for strokes and hypertension. And I think that's part of what happened with him. And, you know, the thing about it is he he got what he wanted. His goal, I guess, since childhood, depend, you know, based on his circumstances growing up, was to be rich. And he achieved it. He became rich. But what did it cost him? It cost him his relationships. It cost him his um, sanity. It cost him his peace of mind. It cost him everything. So what's all the money in the world if you can't enjoy it? I, I tell people that all the time. You, there's tons of things you can do to become rich uh, without hard work and all that kind of stuff. You could be a drug dealer. You could cheat people out of their money. Sometimes people even get away with it, right? I mean, there are plenty of instances you can see in society, depending on the person who did it, where they get away with stuff. But, you know, whether they really got away with it or not is up for, to, you know, God, the universe, whatever to decide, right? Maybe they got away with it. Maybe they didn't. But in a lot of those cases... You, you, when you look at people's lives who've, you know, cheated and done things that are unethical to get ahead, it really wasn't worth it, right? They didn't get a chance to enjoy the money or the things like that. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, karma still, still, still has a conversation to have with those people. But anyway, something else. Authentically say no if you don't have the energy or the capacity to do something. Right. If you don't have the energy or the capacity to do something, say no. Don't be the person who says yes to everything. Uh, then you're not being human. You're just being a robot. Right. If you don't have the energy or the capacity to do something, say it. Right. Here's something else you're going to have to do. If you're overcommitted to people and to things right now, you're going to have to say no a bunch of times. And people might say something about that. Right. Maybe part of your journey is to not be so worried about what people say and to be more worried about your own mental health and your own journey and your own peace of mind and serenity and tranquility, right? So you have to make choices, right? It's just like a seesaw. On the one hand, you've got your own peace of mind, serenity, tranquility, stillness, peace. Um, and on the other hand, you've got whatever kind of gratification you get from pleasing everybody, you know, and I would argue if you're willing to sacrifice your own peace, serenity, tranquility, um, all those kind of things in order to get gratification from other people, then that's something that you need to explore in therapy, right? Or coaching. You can do that at my office, right? Um, but let's look at some other things. A uh, strong sense of identity and direction, Right. If you have a strong sense of identity and direction, you're going to put up some safeguards and you're going to put up some stop signs to people and say, you know what? No, I can't. If you currently or at one point had a huge desire, or I could reword that as a desperation, uh, to fit in with other people um, similar or different from yourself, then you might be more likely to say yes to some things that you should, right? Another thing that people commonly do um, when they don't have good boundaries or they don't want to put up good boundaries is they want to focus on other people's problems instead of their own, right? Uh, which is a mental trick. That's called a defense mechanism, right? Um, so a lot of times people uh, want to focus on other people's problems and that allows them to avoid their own, right? You're going to have to come back to your own problems eventually. That's not a good escape, right? That's, that's an escape, an attempted escape, but not a successful one, right? Uh, let's see here. Uh, so what are some effective ways to set healthy boundaries with, with other people, right? Well, number one, account for things. Like I said, account for your time and your energy and say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm done. On Friday or whatever day it is, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm going to just chill out. And that's the boundary I'm set, right? I'm going to set. Visualize and name what your limits are. You know, make them more concrete. Uh, don't make them uh, ambiguous or confusing or abstract, 
make them real you know what i mean whatever your peace time is make it known like this is my peace time from this time to now there are devices out there that are, that'll help you to do it but it's easy just to do it on your own you know make a list look at your time right set aside time to reflect on your state of of living right or the state of your life you know uh if you're too stressed out the last thing that you need to do is is say yes to more commitments i see people do that all the time people who suffer from anxiety and stress will commit to more things so they can avoid or escape their own anxiety or stress and all you're doing is piling on you're not escaping anything you're you're dealing subconsciously and to some extent consciously with the stuff that's already there and then you're adding extra things onto it, right? You're just pushing yourself to the limit. Your avoidance strategy is not going to work that way, right? Um, you know, um, you know. One thing that should be kind of an automatic thing is when you notice people, and and this happened to me socially not too long ago. Learn to identify people who are energy vampires, right? Uh, and and those people and say no to them automatically or, or exit stage right and say, you know what, I've got something, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, whatever. I did that recently uh, when I was out socializing with some friends and there was this person, she seemed nice enough, uh, but then she just talked to like thing after thing after thing after thing and started asking my opinions and, and then I kind of realized, uh, <laughs> you know, this kind of big, huge, you know, exclamation point just kind of popped in my head right at that moment. And I'm like, okay, she knows I'm a doctor. She knows I have a holistic mental health and wellness practice. She knows that I help people. I'm the perfect target for all of her anxieties and things like that. And, and like clockwork, they came on. And I was just like, you know what? And, and I tried to be nice about it. I was nice about it. But then at, at one point, I just said, you know what? I've got to get back to my friends. It was a pleasure to meet you. I wish you the best. And I, and I left. And that's what I did. Was it comfortable for me to do that and set up that boundary? No, but I had to do it for my own peace, right? Um, another thing that you should do is openly communicate what your boundaries are and share them with people and let them know that that doesn't mean that you have to be mean about it um, or that you have to be rude about it or curt about it or terse about it. You don't have to be any of those things, but you know what? Openly communicate your boundaries. You can do it vaguely or you can do it directly but it's up to you but start doing that and just say when people say things that you know go outside your boundaries you, you can just say you know what I, I just don't do that or hey i just you know that i don't have anything against you doing that but i just don't do that right or that just doesn't work for me right now there are a lot of different ways that you can do that right people are very good about doing that about drugs that was one of the brilliant things about the say no to drugs campaign is that it taught people to express boundaries, right? And express their desires. Say no, just say no. Before that, people didn't know how to say no. But I think once that campaign caught fire, um, people were more comfortable just saying, you know what, no, I'm good. Then uh, no, there's all kinds of ways of saying no. You can say, you know what, I'm good. Or you know what, that's not for me or whatever. There's a million different ways to say that. Uh, and you don't just have to say it about drugs. You can say it about a lot of things. One of the things you should do, I would recommend that you do is practice doing that, right? Uh, so some examples of that, right? If you want to create a boundary about time, you want to, you, you, somebody asks you to attend an event, you really maybe maybe not want to go. You can just say, I, you know what? I wish I could go. I'll go next time. I can't go this time. But another thing you can do if you actually genuinely want to go, but there's a part of you that doesn't want to stay or overindulge or whatever, just say, you know what, I'll come, but I can only stay an hour. They know ahead of time, right? Uh, or if it's the other way, with some, if you're dealing with somebody who's frequently late, just say, if you're going to be late, let me know ahead of time, right? And then you let them know. Um, you can create boundaries about energy. You know what, you could say, I don't have the energy to help you with this right now, but maybe this resource can help you and let them find the resource on their own, right? Don't let them make you do all the work, right? Or people who emotionally dump, like that lady that, you know, the person that I encountered not too long ago. Um, you know, you can say, you know what? 
I know you're having a hard time right now and I want to be there for you, but I just don't have the emotional capacity to listen right now. You know, that's an honest statement, but you've got to be that way. You've got to stand up for yourself. Boundaries are ways of sticking up for yourself, right? If you have a boundary about personal space, you could say something like, you know what? It makes me uncomfortable when you touch or get close to me like that. If you can't respect my space, then I'll have to leave. That's 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 a one way of saying it. Or you could politely just move away from the person, right? Uh, but with some people, they don't get the message, right? They don't have any boundaries. So you're going to have to be stronger and stronger with your boundaries, right? Uh, you know, when people say things that are inappropriate, you could say something is, you know what? I don't, I just don't find that funny. Or I don't find those types of comments funny. If you have a mental boundary about something, you can say, you know what? We see things differently. I respect your opinion, uh, but that's just not the way that I feel. You know what? And so don't force your opinion on me. Of course, that person may not feel like they're forcing their opinion on you anyway, but you, you're letting them know, right? Maybe you have a boundary that you need to create about material things, right? Uh, so maybe somebody's borrowed something or used something of yours and you don't appreciate it. You could say, you know what? Please ask me first before you borrow my shirt or my jacket or whatever. Or I would appreciate it if you would ask permission first before using my things. Or just don't use my things. Thanks. Right? Or a social boundary. You know what? I don't feel comfortable with you posting that on Instagram. Or I don't feel comfortable with that. You know, honestly, when it comes to posting things on social media, whether it's a photo or somebody else, or something else, you know, honestly, ask somebody's permission. Now, if you know that they don't have a problem with you doing it, then that's a different story. But especially if you're posting something that they may not agree with or that they may have a problem with or maybe something that they don't appreciate, you know, ask their permission first, right? Um, so with that, I'm going to wrap up this this part two of boundaries and you know i did kind of make the decision i am going to do a part three so hopefully you enjoyed this i'm going to do a part three where i just kind of wrap up everything about boundaries and and, and i'm going to give you some hints and nuggets that i use in my personal and professional life that are going to help you uh, some of those nuggets i expressed already in the the presentation that i did for amerigroup insurance on parenting and and relationships and just kind of general life nuggets, but I'm gonna bring those up too. So stay tuned for part three of this three-part series on boundaries. Okay, take care, see you later.